Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your unending love, your amazing grace. Thank you, Father God, that we can enjoy freedom just as we've spoken about this morning because of your sacrifice on the cross for us. Thank you, Lord, for this great nation, the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that you've chosen us to live here. We're so blessed. Lord, most of all, we thank you for your love. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We'll give someone next to you a cheeky, COVID-friendly smile. No elbow jabs. And uh, grab a seat. Well, this morning, my theme for this morning is Stronger in Freedom. So uh, in case you don't know, our theme for 2021 is Stronger. Everyone say Stronger. Flex your muscles. So I want to explore the theme today of Stronger in Freedom. So today as we celebrate Anzac Day, we celebrate the freedom that we enjoy because thousands of men and women, that was a really uh, touching story, thanks Timmy, about your grandma or nana. It's very cool, men and women who served our nation, fought for our nation under our flag to protect our freedom, a freedom that many of us might take for granted So I'm personally so thankful. I don't know about you, but during COVID, I've been really feeling quite uh, patriotic. Has anyone else been the same? I'm just so grateful for Australia. In fact, I feel emotional when I think about it. I mean, not just that we're doing really well with COVID, but do you know how blessed we are to live in this nation? Like, we really seriously are. And uh, I'm just so grateful that God chose me to be an Australian. Everyone say Australian. Australian, Australian. So I want to preach on freedom today. Have you ever seen the movie Braveheart? Anyone seen the movie Braveheart? I remember when we went and saw it, I think it was before children, BC, would that be right? Before Christopher, Christopher, my, young, my youngest, 24-year-old, is here. And um, Steve and I had a bit of an agreement when we went to the movies. If we saw something that was a bit violent, graphic, not that we would choose to do that, um, but I'm fairly empathic. In fact, I'm a highly empathic. Is that right, boys? Yes. And uh, so if there was a kind of a violent scene, Steve would lean over and just put his hands over my eyes. So I think I spent most of this movie, probably the first half at least, going, can I look yet? And Steve would be like, yes, no, yes, no. But there's a part in the movie, you'll remember if you've seen it. Who's seen it? We've all seen it, right? where Mel Gibson's character, William Wallace, says these words to the men who are about to fight for the freedom of their nation. So picture it, he's sitting on his horse, his face painted blue and white. I considered doing that this morning, but I thought I might scare their little children. And he's wearing his kilt, all the men are in their kilts, there's a good Scottish crowd. So I'll uh, give, a, give my Scottish accent a go, but um, we'll see how we go. He says this, he says... You've come to fight as free men, and free men you are. What will you do with that freedom? One of the men in the crowd says, we'll run and live. That's a brave man. But William Wallace, he says, I, you may live for a while. But then he says this, this is the bit you all know. And dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to tread all the days from this day to that? Just for just one chance One chance to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our, join with me, freedom. Hallelujah. (laughs) 
Very good. I want to say to you today that we could say the same thing as Christians, as followers of Jesus. People may take our lives. I hope they don't. But you know what? No one can take our freedom. The freedom that Jesus purchased for us on the cross. That's the wonderful thing. So Jesus says this in John 8:36. He says, "So if the sun sets you free, you'll be free indeed." So I want to ask you this question today. What does freedom look like for you? How would you define freedom? Maybe freedom for you is when you finally logged 120 hours of supervised driving. You passed your driving test. I'll look over this way. And uh, you're no longer on your L's and you sit in the car for the first time and you back out of the driveway and uh, you think, there is no one in the seat next to me and you head off into the sunset with two hands on the steering wheel, right? <laughs> 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock. Maybe that's freedom for you. Maybe freedom for you is when you've finally finished uni. I'm just going to try and put this on. few years ago since I did this. Poor Chris, he uh, studied and never got to officially graduate because of COVID. So maybe you're a student, you've been studying for a long time and uh, finally they say, yippee, Woo, you're finished. Maybe that's what freedom is and you've got the whole world in front of you. The world is your oyster. Maybe freedom is paying off your credit card. Anyone thinking of doing that? Or uh, maybe it's when your children are no longer in nappies or pull-ups. Uh, that day does come, by the way. It's a long season, but it comes. Maybe it's when the mortgage is paid off. Maybe it's when you're able to buy that caravan and travel around Australia. Have we got any people who've done that? I know the Sinclairs are here somewhere. Maybe freedom for you is being able to walk into a crowded room and not have a panic attack. Maybe freedom is just simply being able to walk. I know for me, many of you would know that uh, a couple of years ago I was properly diagnosed with a rare respiratory condition called subglottic stenosis. I won't get you to say that. Where scar tissue grows in my trachea. And I'm believing for healing. Um, by the time it was diagnosed, my trachea was about four mils wide, which is a lot narrower than it's supposed to be. So I was struggling to walk any distance, uh, to speak for any length of time. Doing something like this was basically impossible. Uh, swallowing was uncomfortable and even sleeping. Like I'd lie down and feel like I couldn't breathe was pretty scary but today everyone say today after two surgeries with my amazing surgeon and daily nebulization which is just something I have to do and lots of prayer I'm breathing so much better praise God and so now I can speak without fear that the oxygen tank's going to run out which is a good thing I can climb a flight of stairs without feeling like I'm going to collapse and uh, I can go for a walk on the beach, walk in the bush, and I'm so grateful for those things. So for me, freedom is simply being able to breathe, which is so good. So I've been thinking a lot about freedom. What is it? What is it really? What does it look like? How do I know when I'm walking in freedom? Have you ever watched kids? I love watching kids. We've got lots of kids running around. If you ever hear during rehearsal time, they're just running, which is fantastic. Um, I love kids. Steve and I love kids. Steve is actually more clucky than me. If you watch him with kids, he's actually more like, hold on to your babies because he might take them home. And uh, this is a good thing. I think I sussed that out before we got married. So uh, 
What I love about kids is they put a premium on joy. They're not interested in everything being perfect. They just love life and living in the moment. So Christopher was very good at this. Uh, he's still good at this. And um, when he was little, we used to call him Tigger, you know, from Winnie the Pooh, because he would jump, he would bounce for joy. And uh, what I love about kids is that they teach us how to do that, how to be fully in the moment. And I think that's what freedom is all about. It's about being in the moment. Have you noticed this about kids? They're not afraid of making mistakes. You don't see a toddler fall over and go, oh, my goodness, I fell over. I can't believe I made that mistake. You don't see them doing that, right? They're not afraid of the future. They're not afraid of jumping out of trees, climbing tall things, parkouring. My oldest, Josh, used to go, look, Mum, parkour. And he'd do something, and I'm like, yeah, I'm watching Josh. Meanwhile, I'd be going... Just praying. That's what I love about kids. I think they teach us about freedom. It's less about looking polished and perfect and more about enjoying the moment. They realise that our failures and our successes don't define us. God does. So George Washington says this about freedom. Liberty, when it begins to take root, is a plant of rapid growth. Herbert Hoover who was the 31st president of the United States, he wrote this. Freedom is the open window through which pours the sunlight of the human spirit and human dignity. I love that. Nelson Mandela, you've all heard of him, right? First black president of South Africa. He wrote this. For to be free is not merely to cast off one's chains, but to live in a way that respects and enhances the freedom of others. I love that. It's freedom's not just about my freedom. It's about your freedom too. Amelia Earhart, she's one of my personal favourites. What a brave woman. She was the first female aviator to fly solo across the Atlantic Ocean. Now, I pray before I get in the car. I pray over my sons and my husband when they drive. But imagine getting in a plane and heading over the ocean. This is a woman does this. And she, she says, as soon as we left the ground, I knew I myself had to fly. What a brave woman. And I love this one from John Lennon. Tame birds sing of freedom, wild birds fly. So how does the dictionary define freedom? This is what the Cambridge Dictionary says. It's the condition or right of being able or allowed to do, to say or to think. And I'm going to add to believe whatever you want, without being controlled or limited. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? This kind of freedom is spoken of in relation to freedom of choice, freedom of thought, freedom of speech, freedom of information, freedom of movement and freedom of religion. And we get to enjoy these freedoms here in Australia. We're so blessed. So that's the dictionary definition of freedom. And maybe that's we define freedom differently. But how does God define freedom? If Jesus were here, and by the way, he is, if he came down through the aisle here, grabbed a microphone from Tim Jones, walked up on stage, what would he say freedom looks like? What does freedom in the spirit really look like? And how does the Bible define freedom? So I'm glad you asked those questions because I'm just going to spend a few minutes now and I want to talk about what freedom really is. I want to look at those three aspects of freedom. What is freedom? How do we find it? 
and why? Why are we free? So let's start with the what. What is true freedom? I think the Bible shows us that freedom is being fully alive in Christ. Don't you think that's what it is? It's being free to walk, to move and to choose as Jesus leads. So the world has a pretty corrupted idea of freedom, don't you think? It's kind of like a false liberty, a counterfeit liberty. There's a song by the Soup Dragons called I'm Free. You've probably heard it. Does everyone know it? Maybe. Uh, It goes like this. You can join in if you know. Maybe, uh, Alfred, I need you to do a bit of a beat or something. It starts off, it's got a bit of a reggae vibe, so it goes, don't be afraid of your freedom. And then sing along with me. You guys have to sing, okay? It goes like this. It's, if you're wondering what the key is, it's high, okay, because I'm a soprano. <laughs> so it goes like this. I'm free to do what I want any old time. Come on, sing with me. I'm free to do what I want any old time. I didn't hear anyone joining me, thanks. <laughs> so um, I love that song, and I'm sure you do too if you hear it on the radio. Does anyone listen to the radio anymore or just us oldies? Um, like to turn up really loud. But the reality is, if we really did do whatever we want, sounds a bit like anarchy to me, sounds like chaos. So uh, let's play out that scenario. Tonight, uh, we're eating Kit Kats and hazelnut gelato for dinner. And every night, which is fine for a little while, but then I think your teeth would start to really fall out of your head. If we could do whatever we want, would we be driving in the left-hand lane? No, we wouldn't. We'd be driving in the right-hand lane, even when there's people coming, driving on the footpath, and we certainly wouldn't be paying taxes. So it'd be pretty chaotic, right? Paul knows exactly what we're like, and that's why he writes this in 1 Corinthians 6.12. He says this, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. Everyone say beneficial. Not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. So here's the thing. Paul writes to the Corinthian church, and they've been misusing their spiritual freedom. They've been agreeing with soup dragons. They can do whatever they want, any old time. So they've been, um, there's rumours of them getting drunk at the communion table. They've been claiming spiritual superiority over each other. We'd never do that. And uh, all sorts of crazy, wrong sexual behaviour. So Paul really looks at what freedom is all about. And he says, hey, listen, you might feel you have the right to do anything. But it doesn't mean that we're free to choose things that aren't beneficial for us. I think freedom is being able to choose what is beneficial, right? And not being mastered by anything except Jesus. So this is the key. We're only truly free, I really believe this, when we're mastered by him, right? We're only truly fully alive when we're mastered by Jesus. So I want to ask you this question, and I'm asking myself the same thing. It's a good question to remind ourselves of. We know we were set free by the, by the cross, by Jesus, by his death on the cross. But we can start to bow down to other things, can't we? So what are you mastered by today? Who's in the driver's seat? Maybe you're mastered by the need to be right all the time. Anyone like that? I know I used to be. Hopefully I've learned you can win an argument or you can win a relationship, right? It's more important, I think, 
to, to look after that relationship. So what if you're right? So what if you're wrong? What does it matter? Maybe we can be mastered by money. Maybe we can be mastered by our reputation, what people think of us. Maybe by your likes on Insta. Asking myself that same question. Do you ever post something and then you come back three hours later and no one's liked it and you feel a bit of rejection? Anyone do that or is that just me? Here's the thing. If I'm mastered by those things, I'm not free, right? If freedom is being fully alive in Christ, that means fully mastered by him. It's that Jesus, you take the wheel. It's reminding ourselves that we care so much more about what Jesus thinks about us than what about others think about us. I love this verse, 2 Corinthians 3.17. Paul writes this, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Hallelujah. Freedom is a Holy Spirit-led space. Here's the thing about Holy Spirit. He's not a controlling spirit. He's actually a freeing spirit. And I've always found when I'm in step with the Holy Spirit, I'm so much more relaxed. Because if we're tense and anxious, is it that we're actually trusting in ourselves? Is it that we're trusting in the bank account? Is it we're trusting in the experts on the news that tell us what disaster is going to happen next? Or am I trusting in Jesus, the one who created you? He knit you together in your mother's womb. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. He knows everything about your life. He's not worried about next year. He's not because he's already there in it. You're not in it. I'm not in it, but he is. When we trust Jesus, when we trust Holy Spirit, there's nothing to worry about. Freedom is being fully alive in Christ, spirit-led. It also means no condemnation. And I love this scripture, Romans 8, 1 to 2. This was such a key scripture for me when I first got saved because I had so many, so much guilt, false guilt and stuff in my head. So I love this scripture. Paul writes this, Therefore there is now no condemnation. Everyone say that. No condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. So if you came in this morning thinking, I'm not good enough, I'm going to mess up again, I'm a failure, can I let you know those thoughts are not God? They're the enemy. And can I encourage you to pray that Holy Spirit will help you to replace those lies with truth. How do we get rid of lies? We drive them out with the truth. So what is true freedom? It's about being fully alive in Christ, free to choose what is beneficial, spirit-led, not mastered by anything but Jesus, free from condemnation. So that's the what of freedom. We should be the most free people of all, right? So how? How do you truly become free? Simply, we find freedom at the cross. It's so ironic that a place of public execution, a place of public humiliation, would be the very place that we would find freedom, the place where we'd be fully pardoned. How cool is that? 
Here's the thing. We don't make ourselves free. I can't make myself free. You can't do that. Freedom is a gift of Jesus. It's a gift. It's given to us and received by faith. So all we have to do is receive. How good is that? So good. John 8.32, it's a verse you probably know really well. Jesus says this. He says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. One of my favourite scriptures, is it not? And uh, I love it in the Passion Translation, possibly a better translation. It says this, for if, if you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom into your lives. So here's the thing. What Jesus is saying is embrace the truth in regard to salvation. The cross, what Jesus did for us on the cross, it saves us from the penalty of sin. It saves us from the bondage of our past sins. We don't have to drag around shame, regret, guilt. If you feel those things this morning, can I encourage you, give them to Jesus. Let let him be your baggage handler. Jesus is the one who has mastery over us. It's no longer sin or Satan, so I don't have to bow down to those things. So we're free from the bondage of our sin, from the penalty of sin, and from the bondage of religion. Maybe if the crew want to join me up on stage. You know, here's the thing I've learned about religion. Religion is the most cruel and relentless taskmaster. It will keep you in bondage forever. Religion lays out a set of rules and regulations that is so long that you'll never even be able to read it, let alone memorise it and apply it. And here's the thing I've learned. Religion moves the goalposts. Have you, have you realised that? The moment you think you're getting closer, I'm closer, I'm getting closer, I'm getting closer, religion goes, nah, sorry, I'm moving the goalposts. Religion says enough is never enough. The Pharisees were the most religious people of all time and Jesus called them a bunch of snakes. Wow. Religion won't save you. Only Jesus can at the cross. So that's why Paul writes in Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. If you don't get anything else, I really would love you to grab this today. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. It's so easy to go back to striving, to perfectionism. And yet Jesus did it all on the cross. So Paul writes to the Galatians and he says, Stand firm on the freedom that Jesus died to give you. Don't turn back to religion. Don't add to things. You can't add to the cross. Jesus says on the cross, it is finished. Everything he was sent to do, he did for you and I so we could have freedom. So how do we truly become free? We find freedom at the cross when we embrace the truth of what happened there, that Jesus, who was perfect, died on the cross in our place to set us free from the penalty of sin, the bondage of sin, the bondage of religion. So that's the how. 
Let's finish up with the why. Why are we set free? What's the purpose for our freedom? You know, people sometimes get a little scared about the whole freedom thing. Well, we can't let people be free. They'll run wild. Here's the thing. I believe freedom brings glory to God. Don't you think that? The most glorifying to God person is the free Christian. The one who knows who they are in Christ. The one who knows that they're fully loved. Did you know there's not a single thing you can do today to make God love you more? Not one thing. There's also nothing you can do to make him love you less. He just loves you. Hallelujah. So it glorifies God when we step out and we walk in freedom. Here's the thing. God is love. Love never controls. Love always sets free. And when we're walking in the freedom that Christ died to give us, it brings glory to God, our creator and the lover of our soul. So let me wrap it up. We're stronger in freedom. What is, what is freedom? True freedom is all about being fully alive in Christ, spirit-led, mastered by Jesus, free from condemnation. How, how do we find true freedom? We find it at the cross. It's the great exchange. We give him our brokenness. If you came here this morning broken, that's okay. Because Jesus makes us whole. It's okay to be broken. We're all broken. Let's be honest, we all are. The great exchange, we give him our mess, our filth, our rubbish. He gives us a life that's whole and beautiful and complete, redeemed, made perfect in him. Hallelujah. And finally, why why are we free? Because it brings glory to God. That's why he gave it to us in the Garden of Eden. Because only a God who is love would allow us to be truly free. We messed it up in the garden, so we need Jesus to make it right. Let me pray for you this morning just as we wrap up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Lord, we thank you today for the freedom that you died to give us. And we are so grateful, Jesus. Help us today not to lean on our own understanding, not to lean on works. Lord, we acknowledge there is nothing we can do to add to what you did on the cross. Thank you, Lord, for the ultimate sacrifice. You gave your very life for us that we could be made whole. So, Lord, I pray for every person today here, every family they represent, that we might fully walk in the freedom that you died to give us. And we give you all the glory and all the thanks and praise. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.